everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Ryan Urban. He is the founder and CEO at Bounce Exchange, a people-based marketing consultancy that helps organizations increase their online conversion rates. And we are going to talk about uh, what is in at least May of 2018, the most talked about topic, it seems like, something called the General Data Protection Regulation or as we finally refer to it, GDPR. So, Ryan, thanks for joining me. Hey, hey. So, is there a succinct way to describe what this is? Uh, I I think it's um, I think it's just basically what what the people have wanted for a long time, and it's not everybody, but it's 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 uh, just people people want their rights respected, um, want the right to be forgotten, want to know uh, what. I want to be able to know kind of what you've collected on me, and and if I want to have that removed, uh, please do. And if I didn't opt into something, please don't spam me. So it's it's kind of just like basic tenets of life. It's like don't spam me if I didn't ask for it, and uh, don't get a whole bunch of data on me if you don't need it. And um, if you have a whole bunch of stuff and I'm not your customer anymore, then please delete it. I would agree with you. There's a lot of common sense in this that we as marketers probably should want to do anyway. But um, what, what do you think drove or is driving some of this? Because there's a couple of initiatives. This one's in, in mostly in the European Union, but there are a couple of initiatives like this. Is this is this consumers really wanting to take back control or is this regulation? Uh, it's a combination of both. So look, if you're a politician, you want to get wins. And um, this is in the U.S., you get rid of things like net neutrality, which is a win for the carriers and win for other people. Um, and because of the way our, our political system works and in Europe, the, uh, the lawmakers wanted to give a win for the people. So this, this seemed like an easy win. Um, and it's also um, the companies that are really kind of at, at offense here. A lot of them are giant American companies, yeah. Um, yeah. Google and Facebook. And it's a kind of a way to go Ugh. like, Hey Trump, Hey American companies. Ugh. Um, Hey Google, you have a dominant market share, and Facebook, you have a dominant market share here, and and you know what? Like maybe people have the right to be forgotten, and maybe we're gonna apply our laws a little differently in Europe than than in America, and maybe how they should be. So I think it's a little bit like they're big American companies. I think it's a little bit politicians trying to get a win, and and uh, and there's definitely uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pushback from the consumer side. I don't think it's 50% of society, and I can I, I'd say probably 15% of society believes the Illuminati is real. Uh, but there's there's a lot of people who, who do want yeah. their privacy respected. So so you touched on a point that I think a lot of people are asking. I mean, they are real, if, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if if I'm a, a U.S. company, most of my, you know, at least as far as I know, all my business is in the U.S. I mean, is this something I even need to worry about? Uh, yeah. Well, if you're if you're in the U.S., your your website works in Europe, and yeah, right. you, you you wouldn't say like, hey, you know what? Let, let me black out. Let me put ad block or let me put website block on people from Europe. And if someone wants to spend a lot of money and order stuff from Europe, uh, I'm not going to send it to you. Of course you do. So if you want to do business in Europe, whether it's small, then you go respect the laws. This is not Pango Pango. This is Europe. There's a lot of countries there. So uh, go respect the laws. <laughs> and you know what? If you want to do business in Canada, um, Canada's had these policies for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they've had some stricter ones. You can't say in the U.S. if you buy something. That means they have a business relationship with you, and that means they could spam the hell out of you, right? Mm -hmm. In Canada, if you they, if you buy something online, they can't just opt you into the email. Yeah. You can't pre-check a box. In the U.S., you don't even have to have a box. In Canada, you not only have to have a box, but someone has to say, hey, I want to right. opt in. 
And you know how you get people to opt in? You let them know the benefits of opting in and you stick by it because otherwise people opt out. So you got to come up with, with what benefits people and then say, oh, well, what would benefit people? How would we make our email program better? So Canada's done this for uh, quite a bit. And, and Europe's actually following suit. Yeah, they just didn't come up with a GDPR name for it. It was just like, be a good citizen and, and uh, drink maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, and we've had what we've called in the U.S., uh, I think it's just U.S., canned spam which it doesn't have near the teeth that it seems uh, that this have and has. And also, what about enforcement? I mean, obviously, this is only going to be as good as if they trot out a couple of companies and really spank them, isn't it? Um, well, the enforcement really is not going to come down to government because the government is – the government's probably uh, – they, they know the Internet's real right now, uh, but they're, they're a little – they're quite a bit behind understanding any of this. And if anyone wants to – kind of C-SPAN in Congress, it's clear they don't know what even Facebook does, how they make money, they don't know how the internets work. So it, the government enforcing this, that's never going to happen. But um, for for people to enforce it, it's it's really easy. You can have companies who who dominates who dominates the email world. You have companies like email, uh, Gmail, you have Yahoo, um, you have still a few people who's Hotmail and AOL, God, God forbid. Um, there's And there's a lot, a lot of new providers as well. So it's, it's really up to them. Uh, to kind of honor the users, and and if they want, if Gmail wants to continue to gain market share, then they want to keep keep spamming unwanted things out. So uh, I think Gmail's actually done a, a really good job. They 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 were one originally in a drop down, even on mobile, had a report spam button, and now they've added an unsubscribe button. You don't even have to go into the email and do it. So they've done things like that for a long time, and and they they Gmail also kind of innovated where um, deliverability uh, is. It's based off engagement metrics, so it's it's based off how many people are opening, opening and clicking through your emails, and and also how many people are subscribing, and that will determine your deliverability rate. So they've they've already been the ones enforcing this for for quite some time. If you're opting people in who are on your list, or you're buying lists, or you're sending people unsubscribe, or you're sending just crap emails, you're sending two emails a day, no one's opening it. They're going to lower your deliverability and cut you off, which is the right thing to do. They've applied. They've applied a lot of their kind of SEO algorithms and, and user experience related items to, to, to email. And then Yahoo and Hotmail had to follow suit because they're going to lose users because too much spam and crap's getting in the inbox that people don't want. So I know there's a lot of hand-wringing uh, with businesses everywhere that, that particularly that, you know, this is a customer of mine. They bought a product. You know, they we've corresponded, you know, for years uh, via email. And, and all of a sudden now am I, you know, am I at risk if I'm communicating with them, even though we have a relationship? Um, in, in some in, in some cases, yes. So um, I, I think I, I think part of it is that the lawmakers don't fully understand it, um, some of the, the negative effects of it. Like if if that wasn't if the policy was that, hey, if you had one and they opted in and and then a whole bunch of people kind of kind of like the emails and like the communication you receive, um, those people, those people you, you should, it should be okay to continue to send. But you know what those people, the, I think the law is also fair in the fact that, hey, those, if you didn't get the explicit permission right away, if you have a good relationship with them, then they should have no problem just replying to, or, or no problem kind of re-giving their consent. So if you're claiming that someone's really an active email subscriber, well, they, sh they should be willing to take four seconds of their life, click their email, click a button. Yeah, and I I would suggest that there are plenty of businesses out there that you know eighty five percent of their list should probably be uh, scrubbed completely. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, and and it should. And what 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 I really like about this is I 
we're we're a business where we're really relying on we do a lot of uh, people based email. And so um, we we kind of always been advocating uh, not only getting consent, but why don't you send the emails that people actually 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 kind of want to receive? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's probably a good way to good place to start with the benefits of it. I think everybody's uh, so focused on the wait. How do I comply? What does this mean? You know, how do I do this? How do I not get penalized? And, and I think that the real point of this is, you know, what are some ways that you could actually take these these practices that are sort of human centric um, and apply them to the bottom line? Yeah. And um, so you said we're a people based marketing company. That's what it says on our website. But I think what people based marketing is is marketing for people. It's not marketing to people. It's 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 what's a website experience someone wants to have. How, how do you kind of how do you kind of minimize marketing to the things that people enjoy? So. It's you get to, to answer a question. It's you get to take five big steps back and you say, oh, okay, cool. Well, who are the people that really enjoy my communications and what are the communications they actually like, like receiving? And let me send more of those and less of the stuff they don't like. So people are going to have to now, when, when they're, they're cutting out a lot of their lists to gain more growth, it's like, oh, well, what's really working here? Before what was working is just bludgeoning everybody and, and pushing buttons and say, woof. Let's let's do this like kind of batch and blast canon marketing strategy, and and now now people are gonna have to have to use their brains a little bit, and that's gonna be better for their brand. It's like oh you know the the thoughtful subject lines, the really clever emails, the the ones that have great imagery, uh, the ones that are really relevant to people. Well, it turns out those are really really effective. Uh, so how do we do? Let's do more of those. Okay, great, great. Let's do a strategy on that. It's not just hey let's push a button and queue up the whole list and send everything to everybody. You know, one of the things that is a component of this is, you know, maybe re uh, reevaluating your privacy policies and terms and conditions and things like that. And I've seen some really, you know, the the to to comply, so to speak, with the letter of the law. You know, you really have to say here's exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're processing. And I've seen some really brilliant examples of people. You know, how privacy <laughs> policies are just, you know, boilerplate legal stuff. Uh, I'm seeing people get very creative and almost um, almost telling stories around you know new privacy policies, and I wonder if that's going to become sort of the standard. Um, I, I think it might, but I, I don't think consumers are still going to go read that, that read the privacy policy or and see everything. Um, but I, I do like that you have to have a good reason to store data. I, I think Google and Facebook have probably been the biggest violators of collecting data they don't need, uh, especially for people who aren't users. Um, Facebook. Facebook and Google, Facebook is using like widgets to collect PII. That's not the intent of a like widget on a on an article page or a product page. Um, Google is using for for they they have different products to get to get their JavaScript websites that collect data. Uh, so uh, I I think saying okay, well, well, what is the purpose of this of the thing you're doing and why are you collecting this data and just not storing a whole bunch of data for the sake of storing data. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, there, there's also one thing. It's a kind of not every action has an equal and opposite reaction, but there, there's there, there's side effects that that are unexpected from things. Um, here's one that has nothing to do with GDPR, but uh, driverless cars. It's a uh, those are so they're it's projected to save a lot of lives, especially when whole cities go fully driverless. It, it can it, it can save uh, it, it can save millions of lives, um, but the unintended consequence is. Um, the, the people on the, the organ transplant lists are going to die and wait a lot longer because uh, nearly all of them, like 75% of them, come from people who die in car accidents. So that's the, the negative repercussion there. Um, when the EU ch changed their laws around, like, 
and, and every EU website, which is really annoying, it's annoying as hell. You got to, there's a little pop-up that comes up and says, hey, this website does cookies. So I just got to log in and cookies are. And you got to click OK. But what, what websites have done and companies have done is use that, that consent. Active consent has rights to collect all this data and have that. So like in Europe, because everyone just down defaults and clicks that button. So all these companies actually actively have consent to the rights they collect so much compared to the U.S. So um, it's and the unintended consequence of like, hey, you're letting people know that you're collecting cookies is, hey, now I can, you click that button. So boom, now I can do anything I want to. And and, and it's European websites are more annoying than U.S. websites. So there's some unintended consequences to that. There'll definitely be some GDPR. I don't expect the lawmakers to make the right adjustments to that. And, and people will figure out how to take advantage of the loopholes. It, it's 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 going to be business as usual for a lot of those yeah, things. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, so one of the offenders that you mentioned is Google Analytics. Uh, so I would say in the U.S., somewhere in the neighborhood of 85% of, of websites have uh, Google Analytics on it. Is that going to be like a, a sort of a... Uh, is that going to end up getting people in trouble because just the vir virtue of the fact that it is there and collecting data on your website? Google Analytics is a phenomenal product and it's a free product. And I like that Google kept it free. And, they, and I, I do think Google does, because that's a valuable thing, I, I think there's there's some data they should be allowed to collect on it. Um, and as a fair exchange, uh, I think that they do have a paid version. And the paid version, they shouldn't be allowed to collect anything. So I think they should be upfront, like, hey, this free version, uh, we're going to collect some data. And here's the data we're going to collect. And if you don't like it, there's there's free analytics alternatives, there's other ones, and we have a paid version that doesn't that doesn't do anything. So then I think also me Facebook will probably offer the option where hey, it's, it's completely respect your privacy and respect your privacy depending on the country you're in, and uh, and you have the option to do a paid version that maybe offers you no ads. Uh, though I don't, I think Facebook ads are pretty pretty elegant actually, uh, but no ads doesn't store any information on you, and. Uh, so I, I think offering offering alternatively really important, but um, you know, like you you have a choice to use your own analytic system uh, that comes to your content management system. You can use many alternatives. So um, I, I think in some cases Google has the right to do that. Just like I don't think people actually had an, an idea that Google's like kind of building out graphs and doing all this stuff with with this data um, that that was wasn't necessarily intended. Or Facebook is is using like buttons to uh, and and. And using Facebook logins to really, really kind of get and persist a lot of data on users when well, that wasn't the intention of, of that product. So if you, if somebody came to you and said, okay, we, you know, we want to be, we want to be good practitioners. We want to start, um, you know, doing polite and friendly and maybe more profitable <laughs> campaigns. Is there a, in your mind, is there a checklist of things that, that you need to do to, whether you're adhering with GDPR or just trying to actually be more people friendly? Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of it's going to come down to email. That's 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 going to be I'd say the main main use case of this. I I recommend people looking starting the opposite way and the inverse and looking at the unsubscribes. So look at all, all the people who have unsubscribed, and uh, I would look and and I'd also look for the people who are active openers and who stopped opening. So those are the things I would I would stop doing. So I like I like starting with a stop doing lists. So look at people who are active openers who are opening. Once or twice a month, and stopped. And and what did you do to change that behavior? Did you increase the email frequency? Did you start sending things that weren't relevant? Um, what's interesting is on aggregate, say like I don't know if we all remember, like five, ten years ago, companies were sending one or two emails a month, maybe one email a week. And, and now, especially in the U.S., it's some companies spending two, three, four emails a day. So why did that happen? Um, well, marketers, marketers thought they were smart. So. Um, 
So this is what marketers did. They say they were sending one email a week, and they said, you know what? Uh, here's other companies doing two emails a week. Let's 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 do that this time. Let's let's test it, and we'll have one group that gets two emails a week, and one of the other group that gets three emails a week, and we're going to look at the revenue. And sure enough, the group that got three emails a week had, would would get more revenue, and and an A B split test, and then you do it again, and and sure enough, every time you add another email, you get get more revenue. Um, but what that looks looks at is if you're looking at it on a single send or a weekly basis, that's short term. And you're not looking at the bid in the long term. And when you all, the market will also say, hey, let's look at the unsubscribe rates. Oh, you know what? Um, when you should be sending more emails, the unsubscribe rates about the same. The same. It stays at just 0.3. You know what? Actually, like sometimes the unsubscribe rate even goes down because you're, you're, you're burning out so much your list that you're burning out the people who unsubscribed. And, and the people you're left with are the people that don't even look in their inbox and just ignore all the emails. So I'm like, like 5,800 emails that just sit in their inbox on, on, on their iPhone. Um, but they, people look at the wrong metric. They look at the unsubscriber rate. What the ESPs, your, your marketing platforms don't look at, won't show you, is the total number of unsubscribes. They'll tell you numbers. They'll tell your total revenue. They'll tell you the total number of subscribers you have. They won't tell you. They'll tell you the total list size. They won't tell you the trending metrics of how many people are unsubscribing or how many people are disengaging. I call it ghost rate. So... That's when a, a guy annoys a girl and she stops answering his text. So when you annoy, when, when a marketer annoys one of the customers, they start ghosting you. They start they stop opening up your text. They stop responding to you. So the ghost rate is actually part of your true attrition rate. And you also have marketing as spam. So I like to, I like when, so going back, when the marketer said they were smart and said, hey, we're sending, we're testing, we're sending more emails and it's more effective. That's looking at a very small window, usually looking at a one, a one send period, one week period. If you look at both those cohorts now over a six-month period or over a 12-month period, the one where you were getting more revenue at the beginning quickly goes quickly goes to less revenue because the list is burning out because you have that high ghost rate, you have that high market spam rate, the high subscriber rate. And also, what your what the ESP won't show you because it would just do an A-B split test, now, now that your engagement rate is lower, now Gmail is 50% of inboxes. So Gmail, everything works on engagement. Now your engagement rate's lower, your delivery rate's lower overall. So your deliverability into the inbox. So by practicing bad marketing, um, you're really hurting yourself by by doing kind of having a stop doing list uh, and and practicing good marketing. You're you're much better off for the long term. You, you know, in the short term, if if I if I ran a store in a mall, say I don't care, I'm the Gap, right? And if I wanted to make more money one day. I would have a sales rep have every single person as soon as they got in the store, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. And in that one day, I would make more money. And if I A-B split test that versus another store, I didn't do that. And I looked at the results like, hey, you know what? If I have a sales rep just attack someone, they come in, I'll make more money. But what will happen? People stop coming to the store. You can't look over one day, period. And then the, the people the people will hate you and not recommend you. So uh, that's why there's actually flaws in A-B testing software. It doesn't necessarily look at the long term. And it's also difficult to track, uh, different track cohorts over time. So I think that's the way the marketer needs to think. It's like, well, one, do I enjoy my own emails? Do do I want to get ten emails a week? Do I like all the content I'm sending? And what would I what would I enjoy? And and how to and and then you start saying what are the things that that I like, and then look at which are the most effective campaigns for people. So say if you send out a blast email to the whole list, why just isolate the people who converted? Or you can even get a bigger sample size. You can isolate the people, click through that email, and say, oh, you know what? And what is the category of this email? Oh, it happened to be a sale in a certain category. Or is a new product launched in this other category? So it's you mark that and say, hey, who are the people responding to sales in this category? 
who are people responding to new product launches? And you know what? Cool. That's how we can start doing this segmentation and making the right cohorts of things. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, I've been looking at, <clears throat> we've been sending email for a lot of years and uh, it is, it, there seem to be people that do certain things consistently and it, it's not that hard to identify them. And, and you know, there, there, there's some people open up all your e emails and you can send to them a little more often. Um, that doesn't mean they want to get three emails from your day, but those are people who like what you're saying. So you can say it a little more to them. And you can also give them the option say, hey, uh, we're sending three emails a week right now. Uh, we have this special kind of like insider, alpha, wh whatever, VIP customer list. Would, would you like to get six emails a week? We, we'll give you some exclusive content. We'll give you the extra three. Would you like that? Um, so you you can, you can see. What you don't want to do is send too much and then burn and then start getting those people who liked you to start ghosting you. So you... you if if you can send if you can send more and keep the quality, then that's important. So what you don't you just don't you don't want to decrease the quality. That's that's really the key. If you have something else that's important to say, then you can say it. So I'm speaking with Ryan Urban, the CEO of Bounce Exchange, and we're, we're this is May of 2018 when we recorded this, and this is kind of the looming start line deadline, whatever you want to call it for for GDPR, and we're talking about best practices in being nice to your customers, being nice to to your list. So, Ryan, is there a marketing for people? Yes, <laughs> marketing for people. Is there anywhere you want to share that people should go to find out maybe more about GDPR, but certainly more about what you're doing at Bounce Exchange? Um, I mean, <laughs> anyone can just Google GDPR and find out. Um, I mean, if 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 you're if you're a business, it's it's not even about GDPR. It's just start practicing thoughtful minimalist marketing. Start with what kind of marketing do I enjoy? Do do I currently enjoy the things I'm sending out? What are the things we like doing uh, as a brand? And and start with that. It's not about GDPR. It's it's about marketing for people, and that's uh, people-based marketing. And 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 BounceX. Just go to bouncex.com and download a piece of our content. So we have a great guide on people-based marketing. Um, don't even request a demo. Just go get some of our content. It's free. Um, some cool stuff there. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan, and hopefully uh, we'll see you out there.